Hello, this is Melissa Lau, Associate Pastor of Congregational Care and Missions at Wesley Memorial United Methodist Church. Thank you for subscribing to our podcast. Our sermon series for the month of October is based on the book of Matthew. Please jump in and learn along with us as we go on this exciting journey. Thanks again for listening. God bless. Our text for the morning is found in the Gospel of St. Matthew, chapter 21, beginning at verse 33. Again, we listen to Jesus, the consummate storyteller. Listen to another parable, Jesus says. There was a landowner who planted a vineyard, put a fence around it, dug a wine press in it, and built a watchtower. Then he leased it to tenants and went to another country. When the harvest time had come, he sent his servants to the tenants to collect his produce. But the tenants seized his servants and beat one, killed another, and stoned another. Again, he sent other servants, more than the first, and they treated them in the same way. Finally, the landowner sent his son to them, saying, They will respect my son. But when the tenants saw the son, they said to themselves, This is the heir. Come, let us kill him and get his inheritance. So they seized him, threw him out of the vineyard, and killed him. Now when the owner of the vineyard comes, what will he do to these tenants? They said to him, he will put those wretches to a miserable death and lease the vineyard to other tenants who will give him the produce at the harvest time. Jesus said to them, have you never read in the scriptures the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone This was the Lord's doing, and it is amazing in our eyes. Therefore, I tell you, the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people that produces the fruit of the kingdom. The one who falls on this stone will be broken to pieces, and it will crush anyone on whom it falls. When the chief priest and the Pharisees heard Jesus speaking this parable, they realized he was speaking about them. They wanted to arrest him, but they feared the crowds because they regarded Jesus as a prophet. This is the word of God. Thanks be to God. In life, there really are double standards for people even multiple standards for different people. When we look at the New Testament, we see definitely that there is a different standard for those who teach, for those who lead. In the book of James, chapter 3, verse 1, the author says, Not many of you should become teachers, my brothers and sisters, for you know that we who teach will be judged with a greater strictness particularly in Jesus' day. The teachers, the religious teachers, were also the leaders in that culture. When the forces of Rome were not in Jerusalem physically, it was the religious teachers, the religious leaders who ran the city. And just as in our day, there were in Jesus' day good teachers who wanted to 
share life and share wisdom with their students. And there are also bad teachers who were doing it for a self-serving purpose, to just be seen, to be leaders among the people. When we catch up with Jesus here in the Gospel of Matthew in chapter 21, we find him in the last week of his life there in Jerusalem. And we find him telling a story. He is telling a story about a group of misguided, wicked religious teachers. But he's telling this story under the guise of a parable as he talks about some misguided, even wicked tenets. It it goes like this. Once upon a time, there was a landowner and he created a vineyard. And then he set some tenant farmers over that vineyard and he, the landowner, went away for an extended period of time. But after the vineyard began to produce the fruit of the vine, the landowner sent his servants back to get his part of the produce from those tenant farmers. These tenant farmers that we know to be wicked, greedy farmers, because when the servants of the landowner came to get his portion of the produce, the text tells us they beat the first one and they killed the next one and then they threw stones at the next one. But the landowner continued to send servants to these wicked, greedy farmers who were the tenants upon this land. And eventually, they treated all of the servants the same way. But then the landowner did a remarkable thing, did something that really doesn't seem to make sense, at least on the rational level. After all of his servants had been so mistreated by the greedy farmers that were tending his land, the landowner sent his son. He sent his son to those wicked, greedy tenant farmers. And of course, the text says that when the son arrived, that they said to themselves, this is the heir of all of this. If we kill him, then it's all ours. And that's exactly what they did. They killed the son. This is an allegory, obviously. Some parables in the New Testament just bring one major point to be received by the hearers. But this is obviously an allegory because Jesus goes on to explain how the different parts of this story symbolize, represent different things. The landowner represents God. The vineyard represents Israel. And this story is actually building upon something the prophet Isaiah said in Isaiah chapter 5 when Isaiah told a story about Israel being a vineyard. And the wicked, greedy tenant farmers here in this story are the religious leaders of the day. You know that from the end of the story. You know that because the religious leaders eventually say they know that Jesus is talking about them. And they want to do something about Jesus, but because of their fear of the people who consider Jesus a prophet, they are afraid to do anything at this moment. 
And the servants sent by this landowner to these wicked tenants are the prophets. One after another that God has sent to the people. And we know the story from the Hebrew Bible. The prophets that God sent were persecuted and prosecuted and mistreated by the people basically because of their religious leaders. And of course here in this story, the son that the landowner finally sends to these wicked farmers represents the son, capital S, represents Jesus. I hope that you hear Jesus speaking to you today through this text. In this text, he is saying some really important, life-changing things to us. I hope that you hear Jesus talking about the amazing graciousness of God or the landowner here in this text. It says that after the landowner created his vineyard and he went away, that when the harvest time had come, the landowner sent his servants to the tenants to collect his produce, but the tenants seized his, seized his servants and beat the first one, killed the next one, stoned the next one. And again, he continued to send servants, one right after another, to these wicked tenants. And these wicked tenants treated all of them the same way. It really is amazing that here in this story, once upon a time, this landowner would send his son into such a dangerous situation. Does it make sense for a normal landowner, but it makes sense in the gospel because we know that God is a God, a father who sent his son into a very dangerous world, knowing what the people of this world would do to his son. God has done exactly what we see this landowner here in the text doing. He has sent prophet after prophet after prophet to us, consummating in his ultimate revelation of who he is through his son. And we have mistreated, we have refused to hear. We did not want anyone interfering with our lives. We did not want anyone interfering with our livelihoods. So we just kept mistreating who God would send, but God just kept reaching out until he sends the ultimate gift. God is so gracious. God has been this gracious with each one of us. God has done so many things in our lives to pull us to himself. God has done so many things to get us to that place in our lives where we surrender to the owner of the land. We surrender to our overlord and our master. Your listening to me today is not a coincidence unless you want to spell coincidence with a capital C. God is so gracious and God has sent so many people to come into our lives to bring the reality of Jesus Christ and the power of the gospel. And he has climaxed that holy desire by sending his son. 
But I also hope that you hear Jesus speaking to you today as Jesus, through this story, says to us once again that there is an ultimate choice to be made. These wicked tenants, these greedy farmers that were tending the land for the landowner was given the choice. They were given the choice to obey the landowner or not, and then ultimately they were given the choice to receive the son of the landowner or not. And you heard the story. They chose not to receive the son of the landowner. And then Jesus explains what's going on here when Jesus, after he tells the story, quotes Psalm 118 to the hearers. He said, have you never read in the scriptures that the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone? This was the Lord's doing, and it is amazing in our eyes. Therefore, I tell you, the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people that produces the fruits of the kingdom. The one who falls on this stone, this cornerstone, will be broken to pieces and it will crush anyone, it will crush anyone on whom it falls. So Jesus presents the ultimate choice. Jesus Christ is the chief cornerstone. It's the cornerstone of the new building, the new people that God is creating in the world. And each and every one of us have the choice to either build our lives on the sure foundation of that cornerstone or to allow ourselves to trip over that cornerstone and find utter destruction. Or as the religious leaders said to Jesus when they were interpreting this parable for Jesus, but they really were calling down judgment on themselves when they said, he will put those wretches to a miserable death and lease the vineyard to other tenants who will give him the produce of the harvest time. So they were calling down judgment on themselves. We are presented with the ultimate choice. What will we do with the son? The same choice is placed before us today that Jesus was placing before the chief priest and the Pharisees in this text. Do we receive the son or, to use their language, receive the miserable death for rejecting the son? What we do with the son is of supreme importance. C.S. Lewis has an anthology of essays entitled God in the Dock. Now you need to understand that in England where C.S. Lewis lived, the dock was the box in the courtroom where the defendant is placed. So to title the essays God in the Dock means that in a sense we have put God in that defendant's box. And C.S. Lewis in those essays seeks to answer for God, seeks to plead God's case for us. And in one of the essays entitled Christian Apologetics, he says this, Christianity, if false, is of no importance. 
and if true, is of infinite importance. The only thing it cannot be is moderately important. If Christ is the center of your life, the circumference of your life will take care of itself. If you seek first the kingdom of God, everything else will fall into place. We can't invite Jesus to just be a, a little bit Lord of our lives. The only option is we allow him to be Lord of all of our lives. We have to receive Jesus the Son on Jesus' terms. We cannot receive Jesus just on our terms. We cannot just have a religious department to our lives where we can keep Jesus and pull him out on certain days or for certain circumstances. He, he demands and deserves to be Lord of our lives. He wants not just a religious department of our lives, but he wants your business, he wants your schedule, your calendar, he wants your entertainment life, your recreational life. He wants to be Lord of all. And we know that to surrender to the Son, to surrender to the Son, and allow the Son to be Lord of all of our life is the surest, truest path to a full, everlasting life. Amen.